So yeah, I get the privilege of this morning to speak on discerning of spirits. Sarah asked me, and I'm just, you know, this is just something I love. And uh, I think it runs in my family. Uh, the majority of my family members are believers. And discerning of spirits just just seems to be a generational thing, generational blessing. And um, just being aware of... Um, you know, good and evil. So let's look this morning. It's one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. And here are the nine gifts mentioned. And there towards the end is to another discerning of spirits. We looked at healings. Um, we looked at miracles. Sarah touched on that last week. We looked at different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. I know Stanley's going to be speaking about prophecy and words of knowledge. And um, so today we want to look at this discerning of spirits. And uh, um, let's go to Hebrews 5.14. It speaks here of um, solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So we want to recognize uh, good and evil, discern those, um, you know, angels and demons, demons and angels. So both, we want to discern both good and evil. Um, and we get that by using our senses, it says, our spiritual senses need to be exercised to be able to discern between good and evil. So going to look at some of the ways that we can exercise those senses today. But before we do, let's go and look at the definition of um, just, is it, what, what are we discerning when we are discerning between both good and evil? What we want to do to discern is, is it God? Is it the Holy Spirit? We're God, the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is part of uh, God. And, or is it a holy angel? And if it's an angel, is it, um, you know, a holy angel or a demonic angel? And the holy angel, what is its name and what is its function? And we'll look at that towards uh you know, as we go along today. And then we want to discern, is it the enemy I'm dealing with just in my everyday life? I mean, this does not only apply to our gatherings here, but as my Christian life. Am I dealing with the enemy? Am I dealing with an evil spirit? And if I'm dealing with an evil spirit, what is its name and what is its purpose or function? Because they have names and they have purposes and functions. So, um, and then, is it just a human spirit I'm dealing with, functioning in the soulish realm? So, I'll just illustrate that. You know, if I speak in tongues, it says I can speak in tongues of angels. And um, someone can come up, if I give a message in tongues, someone can come up and give an interpretation to that. But I can 
I've also heard demonic tongues. So my hearing is I've heard demonic tongues, but I've heard where it's definitely God. And I've been used in that gift a lot. But I'm sure over the years, as I've functioned in the gift of just even a message in tongues, that I've stepped out just in in the soulish realm. I remember one time giving a tongue and then interpreting my own tongue instead of waiting for the Lord to bring that tongue. So that could just be me functioning. It's not an evil spirit, not God, not the Holy Spirit, but it's me functioning. So that's how we want to see this. So we're discerning that. And normally when we use um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit at church, in a church meeting like this, a gathering, uh, the elders and the leaders are supposed to discern. So it's important that we discern what we're dealing with. So just a person functioning out of their human spirit, or is it an evil spirit, or is it a holy angel, or is it God functioning? Okay, let's move on to Acts 16. This is Paul. Um, he was out and he was... Um, uh, like a missionary functioning wherever he was at. And I can't remember where he was. Uh, but now it happened as they went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us. So look, they're identifying the spirit. It's a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much fortune. There was finances involved by fortune telling. So it's a spirit of divination. Another word for that is fortune-telling. And in the Greek, it's known as python. So it's a snake spirit. And um, so Paul is identifying what it is, how it functions. It functions through fortune-telling. So this girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Well, what this girl is saying is correct. That's who they are. But the source of it is from a demonic source. Let's see. As she did this for many days, Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit. So look at his reaction to this particular spirit of divination, fortune-telling spirit, python spirit. He was greatly annoyed. He recognized it. He was like, uh, you know, if I'm in the presence of a demon, I get bugged. <laughs> it's like something in me says that something's not right. So Paul here, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. So not that very minute, but within an hour, took an hour to get rid of that spirit, but it came out of the person, this young girl, and she lost her ability, her power to function, and this made the people really mad, but Paul was able to discern what he was dealing with, and um, he dealt with it. He didn't uh, attack the young woman, but he went after that particular spirit, that spirit of divination. So let's look at another example in the Bible. Let's go to Acts 8. 
And this is quite a lengthy <laughs> scripture, but I wanted the context here. So this is obviously before Paul, but this is uh, Philip. It says uh, in Acts 8, it talks about the uh, disciples being scattered. So in verse 1 through 3, uh, they were scattered. Paul had been persecuting them, and they were scattered, and they went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice. Uh, interesting. Spirits, when they leave, they cry out. Some of them do. And uh, they came out of many who were possessed. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. So we see here, as a result of the deliverance that they received, that they were healed. So um, one of the reasons we have um, deliverance is so that people can be healed. And there was great joy in that city. So something was happening, something miraculous. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city. So he was functioning in the occult realm, demonic realm, and he astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. And all the people gave, you know, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest. So he was quite something, saying, this man is the great power of God, and they did not discern. They were unable to discern that he was functioning in a cult realm. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God <clears throat> and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed, so Simon the sorcerer becomes a believer. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip. So in the first story I told you, it was someone that was not a believer receiving deliverance. But here we have Simon the sorcerer who becomes a believer. He gets baptized. And he was amazed seeing all the miracles and signs which were done. Now, when the apostles were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, you know, Philip was preaching and doing miracles, seeing healings, doing deliverances. They sent Peter and John to them. So Philip got some help. Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on them. Now, when we become believers, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. You know, Jesus is with us. God, the, uh, God is with us. So um, it's important to make that distinction that when we become believers, the Holy Spirit is with us. But what they are concerned about here is that they had not received the power yet, the power baptism. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So this is a power, <coughs> the power of the Holy Spirit. 
is what they were receiving here. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. He was obviously thinking, this is something awesome. Remember, he'd been functioning in the power of um, the demonic realm, and people were wowed by him. But here he recognizes that this is a different type of power. And when Simon saw that, he wanted to have this power, so he offered them money. He says, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So he wanted that. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. So Peter discerned that something was not right. He said, your heart is not right. Repent, therefore, of this, your wickedness, so your cultic uh, activity, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness or so unforgiveness and bound by iniquity. He was in bondage to iniquity and in bondage to, obviously, the spirit of sorcery. So... Uh, Simon the sorcerer decides, <clears throat> I am going to repent, which he does. He says, don't let these things happen to me. And um, But Peter recognized what he was dealing with. And again, um, he, it's, it's a discerning of spirits. So he discerned what he was dealing with. He discerned that he was dealing with a, a spirit of sorcery here that wickedness, that iniquity. and um, But also what I want us to see is that the power of God, when Simon recognized that the power of God was great, was greater than the enemy's power. And that's what we have when we have the Holy Spirit. We have great power, and we can go out with authority and see God do great things through us even with people in our workplaces, any place we are, when we're functioning with one another, we can um, be able to function with the Holy Spirit. But we can also discern when we're dealing with, with demons. So those are two stories. But now I want to switch from, um, well, before I go there, let me look at one area here. Um, just an experience that I had of someone that was functioning in discernment. And let's look at Psalm 57, verse 4. <clears throat> it's, you know, sometimes, um, let me just find my place here. It says sometimes, you know, if someone speaks against you, um, it's like a spear or an arrow that is activated against you. And so to illustrate this in Psalm 57, it says, My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth and spears are spears and arrows, and their tongue is a sharp sword. So what we see here is if someone speaks against us, then Something is activated in the spirit realm, and it's like a spear or agar, uh, arrow or a dagger 
or sharp sword that comes into us. And let's look at Psalm 140. It says, they sharpen their tongues like a serpent. The poison of asps is under their lips. So it's like poison that enters us with, uh, with something that's like uh, when someone speaks against us. So for me, I had experience where someone had spoken against me. And I was with a friend, and she said, I see two daggers in your back, and I'm just going to remove those. And those scriptures, you know, it's, it's biblical. She just removed the two arrows from my back, and immediately I felt this emotional release, like this poison was released from me. And um, that was one of the ways that I benefited from someone else's discernment. They could see something in the spirit realm, they removed it, and I was set free. So that was a good experience for me. But let's now just go, I want to look at some other scriptures. And I want to show that we just we don't just deal with the demonic realm. I do a lot of deliverance, so I deal with the demonic realm. But I've experienced functioning of angels over my life as well. So let's look at Acts 12. Um, this is Peter. He'd just been set free from prison. And an angel had unlocked the prison gates and let him out. So this angel comes to Peter and... Um, as the functioning of angels, they thought, well, they didn't quite believe that it was angels. They thought it was a vision, but it was actually angels functioning. So Peter goes to the people that have been praying for him for quite some time. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer <laughs> the door. And when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but she ran in to the people that had been praying and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said it is his angel. Now, interesting terminology there. It is his angel. So if we think of angels, we have angels that guard over us. So they're known as guardian angels. And uh, they thought that this was Peter's angel. And Peter's angel had come to them, not Peter. And so their belief system at that time was, this is a guardian angel. So I just want to mention that for us, is that we have angels that guard us. But there are also demonic watchers. So we have to discern between the two. Make sure that we're dealing with Holy angels versus the demonic angel. Grace, could we just go back to that? Um, now, Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. So obviously not the angel, but it was Peter himself. But I wanted to share that scripture just to give you an idea of guardian angels. Let's look at Matthew 2, 13. Now, this is Joseph and Mary and Jesus. And... Um, this is found um, right in the beginning of the New Testament. It says, now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. This is an angel 
appearing to Joseph in a dream. So it's not just a dream. It's an angel bringing a dream. It's a messenger angel and brings Joseph this dream and says, and comes with the message, Arise, take your young child, Jesus, and his mother, Mary, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. So again, here we see functioning of an angel. And again, there can be demonic dreams. They are tormenting dreams. But when God comes in a dream through an angel, there can be a message attached to that dream. So I pay attention to my dreams. <laughs> and uh, God's used dreams for me in the past. And I've been able to function in the Holy Spirit because of dreams. Okay, now let's look at this last slide, and then I'll just tell some stories, because I enjoy telling stories. Um, okay, we want to discern through our five senses, just like we saw in that Hebrews passage, um, 5 verse 14. It says that we need to exercise our senses to discern both good and evil. So we want our spiritual smell, taste, touch, sight, hearing. I'm glad Chad mentioned this morning about tasting. The scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So that's one way we can discern God's goodness, as we can taste and see that the Lord is good. We got an opportunity to do that this morning just through our communion emblems. But um, I've been able to smell the fragrance of the Lord just sitting here where I've uh, smelled that beautiful fragrance of the Lord coming into our service. So it's uh, I, I'm not sure quite how to um, describe that fragrance, but it's very clean. It's a very beautiful. It's very pleasant. It's just very fragrant, like beautiful flowers that are fragrant. So being able to discern that the Holy Spirit is here, that God is here, Jesus is here in our midst, just because of that sense of smell. So that's one way that I can discern. So discern evil, discern good. And tasting. Um, have you ever tasted something that doesn't taste quite right? <laughs> Um, you know, you can also have, uh, you can taste something that is demonic. Let's go to the touch. For me with touch is I've been called on to pray over many homes and because people have demonic activity in their homes and we'll go through and we'll try and figure out what is in the home that is uh, causing a disturbance. And one of the ways that I will use that is through my touch. If, and I'll just use this as an example, if I see a Buddha, I can put my hand above the Buddha and I can feel the vibrations coming off that. So the, the, uh, the Buddha statue can just be a statue, but it can have a demon attached to it. And normally I sense that through the, uh, my touch, those vibrations, I can feel them. And um, 
Also, just like Paul was greatly annoyed by a demon, physically I react to the demonic, where if I'm in its presence, it's like I just get irritated. So that's one way I can discern. How I deal with that is another matter, because <laughs> you need wisdom to deal with it. You don't want to attack people. Our, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spirits. So we treat people with respect and dignity. So um, let's see, sight. I have prayed for so many people through, um, through deliverance. And then I have had friends that are so good in seeing the demonic. I don't see the demonic. I've seen it once. I was in Argentina. And it was very necessary that I see it. So it was like a bolt of lightning hit me. And I saw this demonic face appear. And I knew how to address it. So after that happened, we just went and prayed in the corner quietly, <laughs> you know, not to draw attention. So I've only had one experience of seeing a demon. But I've prayed with, uh, with a good friend. She's Australian, and she is a seer. And it was so much fun doing deliverance with her because I didn't have to guess what I'm dealing with. She would tell me, and then we'd go after it. So she could highlight what we were dealing with. And once she did, I would, uh, we would figure out how to deal with this particular spirit. So that was uh, always a fun experience. Um, and again, the demonic, we have authority over it, so they, it's not, we don't have to be fearful in dealing with demons. They're, they're under our authority. We have authority over them. So in hearing, I remember the first time I, I, I'd gone to, to lunch with some friends. Well, they were new to the church. Uh, they had just become, they were just new believers. We had gone out to lunch, and they wanted me to pray for them after we had eaten lunch. And I, we were in the car, and I said, well, well, they were in the restaurant. They said, could you pray for me? And I said, no, why don't we wait till we're in the car? Because I've had experience where the demons will start manifesting. And so I uh, said, not, not in the restaurant, so let's try for the car. Once we got in the car, I said, no, let's wait till we get to my house when you drop me off. So we go inside, and I was new at this, and we, I, I, I start praying, and I'm just praying just a regular nice prayer. Well, the Spirit manifests, and it starts singing, Jesus loves me. And it's such a guttural voice, it sent chills up and down my back. I still get chills just thinking about it right now, but immediately was able to discern, this is definitely not the person, this is definitely a demon singing Jesus loves me. It was mocking. And so clearly my hearing, that was easy um, to recognize. I called a, a guy who actually trained me in deliverance, and I said, come, Phil, come and help. And he, he took his lunch because he worked full time, and he came and he took his lunch, and he came and he prayed with me, and we just uh, bound up those spirits. So we didn't get rid of the spirits out of those people that particular day, 
But it was just, again, one of those things where God was training me in deliverance to hear. And so now if I'm, again, I, I don't want to attack people. I, you do always deal with people with dignity and care. But I just, you know, right now for me, I want to take care of the demonic so people all have peace. That's one of the main reasons uh, I do do deliverance is so that people can have peace in their minds, so they can have freedom, but we don't have to be afraid. So normally, uh, as a church, uh, we have our deliverance ministry, and we have a questionnaire which highlights some of occult activity. And so if I'm going down that list, I'm checking, okay, the person has come from ministry. Have they been involved with this? and we'll take care of this. So it's a no-brainer for me. If someone's being involved or had been involved with a Ouija board, what I do is we just go after um, the spirit of the Ouija board. That was, that's its function. It's a form of fortune-telling, and that's easy to take care of. Uh, I remember one night, it was a Halloween night, and my son called me, my oldest son called me and he said, said, mom, there's this young guy, he's so afraid and he's not in a good way. Could you pray for him? And I think this was 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and I said, yeah, bring him, uh, let him come to church the following uh, morning. Um, and we prayed for him up in the, uh, the prayer room up there. He was um, just a young man. He had been involved with the Ouija board, and a spirit of coldness had come over him, so he could not get warm. His entire body so was in a state of coldness. So he was coldness is tied to witchcraft. When we think of C.S. Lewis, when he talks about the witch, it's the frozen witch. <laughs> it's always tied to coldness. So I knew what we were dealing with, and he came. And he was not a believer. <laughs> he was of a different faith. And I was able to pray for him and get rid of that spirit of the Ouija board. And as we prayed, that spirit of coldness left him, released him, and that warmth came over him. So his body returned to the normal temperature. Um, that was, I've never seen the young kid again. I don't know if he ever came to know Jesus. <laughs> Um, but he experienced the power of God, just like that uh, young slave girl that Peter, uh, Paul was dealing with. So it was an unbeliever. Um, so yeah, that was just that coldness. So if someone's been involved with an Ouija board, then we just go after that particular spirit. So um, some of this, because I've been doing this for so long, it's my senses are exercised, but when you're starting off, uh, you want to ask the Holy Spirit to show you, just reveal Himself to you and to help you with your discernment. And God will give you opportunities. I did not go looking for this. That day that I went to lunch with these people, I was not looking to have to deal with this, but it just happened. And clearly, God was in it. Those people were set free later on. But um, because we have a deliverance ministry with a questionnaire, we're able to go through thoroughly 
taking care of occult stuff, just like Simon the sorcerer, who needed to deal with his sorcery, that occult activity. He was able to deal with it because of Peter's discernment. But uh, there's sometimes more complex spirits. And so you, you have more complex spirits, and then what do you do? Uh, there's a spirit called Leviathan. It's found in scripture. It's tied to dragons. There's a dragon culture out there. Uh, Leviathan is part of that culture. And um, I did not, when I first started doing deliverance, get it. I was um, ministering to a young woman, and this spirit tried to hypnotize me to sleep every time I met with her. And I met with her for maybe a year. And um, finally, um, we, we were invited to go to Italy with Mike Bueller's children. And we were there, and we were speaking about Freemasonry, Quirky and I. And um, we would wake up in the morning, eat breakfast, and then want to go back to sleep. And so um, we knew that this was unnatural. We obviously discerned that sleeping like that is not good. This was not jet lag. And um, came back, and then we went out to Italy another time two years later or something like that. And um, because we were going and because of that uh, experience of sleeping so much, I didn't want to go to a foreign country and have to sleep. And so I did a 21-day fast. I fasted a Daniel fast, so I didn't do, you know, complete fast, but I did a Daniel fast. And a Daniel fast is where you just, um, you don't eat niceties is what it is. You're not drinking, you're not eating meat, you're eating vegetables, you're not eating dessert. So it's a restricted diet. But I was fasting, and the reason I was fasting is so that I could understand what we were dealing with. We get to Italy, and we're in Milan, and we go for breakfast, and our tour guides are coming. They're believers. We had gone to their church, so they were going to take us around the city. And the woman I was with and I, we had eaten breakfast. We were sitting, waiting on the couches for them to come pick us up, the guides, and uh, all of a sudden, we just feel our eyes are getting heavy. <laughs> We're so tired. And we prayed. It lifted. We go through the city. So through the city, I'm going, and I'm seeing all these dragons in pictures and everything. And it's tied to, you know, um, Revelation 12 with the dragons, with the dragons come and eat the, ma uh, the male child. And I said, ah, I know what the spirit is. And uh, I knew it was Leviathan. And I cannot remember how I knew it was this particular spirit, but it's almost like this revelation came. And I believe because of my fasting, it made me very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It's not my fasting. It wasn't the magic of fasting to make this happen but it made me sensitive to the Holy Spirit to know what I was dealing with. So again, Leviathan is a complex spirit. So sometimes we need to fast. Uh, fasting is not enjoyable. It isn't to me. But I knew then that I needed to fast. So we go from Milan and we go to Florence. 
and there's a, a family there that are meeting us. We had been to a, a, a Christian conference in Turin. So we were traveling through different cities and we'd made contact. So this was one of the contacts we'd made in Turin in Florence. And we get to Florence and the lady who picks us up, she says, my husband can't get out of bed. He's sleeping the whole time. There's nothing wrong with him, but he can't get out of bed. And so we, um, we prayed for him. We prayed the Freemasonry prayer over him and he was released. So uh, it was just like God confirming over and over and over what we were dealing with. And we've had such success in praying through Leviathan. And Leviathan takes many different forms. One of it is the stiff necks. People have stiff necks. Um, sleep. It says they have eyes of morn of the morning, like uh, sleep eyes, heavy eyelids. So that's what was affecting me. It affects us here in Utah. <laughs> uh, I've taught on this particular spirit, so it's a complex spirit. But anyway, that just so you know. Fasting really helps. Just want to encourage you to fast if this is an area that you want to pursue. So um, let's see. I want to pray for us this morning that we um, have our senses, you know, uh, awakened to the Holy Spirit for this discerning of spirits. And if you feel comfortable with it, just lay your hands on your head, because again, you have the Holy Spirit, but we want to pray and ask God just to release that power, that discerning of spirits over us. So Father, this morning I come, God, we ask for the Holy Spirit to come to minister to us, to awaken this gift. I pray, God, that you would awaken our senses just even as we lay hands on ourselves. We receive power from on high, that dynamite power, the power that comes from heaven, the supernatural power. Um, God, we do. We just ask for that this morning, that we would receive your power to discern. We just ask that you would awaken our senses, our smell, our touch, our sight, our hearing. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember the last one, but God, you come and you just do that over us in Jesus' name. God, we want to go out of here. We want to be a benefit to others. We want to bless others because of the discerning of spirits. And so, Father, we just uh, come and we are open to what you want to do with us. We say, Holy Spirit, uh, reveal yourself to us in this gift. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.